Danielle's far better. Oh, I know. I just want to just grab everyone now. That's how he gets all rounded up, yeah. too. Oh, yeah, no, the butt smacking, like, he, that makes him crazy. Because, like, oh, I guess we're playing. <laughs> I'm just spanking your butt, actually. You totally ignored the person out there, too. You were, like, sucking at your job, I know. I know it's hot. I know it's hot. I know. I know. This is how we do it. See, the only time you look part wolf is when Daddy squishes your face for it. Oh, yeah. I have it right here. See how daddy moved the food further away from me, too? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm you off the table. <laughs> no, it's no, fine. I just wanted to make a joke because it was funny. I didn't want to leave off. <laughs> All right, cool. So our next topic is topics that need more media coverage. So we're going to start with lack of economic, uh, economic opportunity and employment. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. So, yeah. <laughs> How old are you? You haven't even told us. <laughs> oh, they're like 8, 12. She could live for like 30 years. That's like, she could die tomorrow, she could live forever. I have no idea. It's the symbol of life. Mm hmm. I just like your little toe beans. Little toe beans, yeah. Mm. Oh, she's ticklish, too. I hate that. Alright. Oh, so fucking fancy. <laughs> oh, get that out first. There's nobody out there though. You was really funny. I was making a joke about how stupid I was. And then he did. Just, just like that. At least they weren't lit. Oh yeah, they're not lit. Yeah, that was. I came in here and I was like, I'm not gonna pack time. I'm not gonna freak out. I'll look online. It'll be fine. No. She took like four hours. Oh, shut up, fat. You're getting like you're getting fat. Amy, her, uh, the person who found her, said she's getting a little chubby. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, because lean dog and cat cats. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's obnoxious. All right, you ready? Ready, ready to shut up? Stop communicating. <laughs> it's just like at 3 in the morning. I'm like, I need you to stop. I got to smack the bed, because then he'll come back. So I'm just like slamming on the bed, like, get the fuck back in here. <laughs> shut the fuck up. It actually seems like your guys' level has the most noisiest dogs. Yeah, oh yeah, we have dogs. It's great. Eric! 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 Hey! <laughs> Everyone gets a bark. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> When I left your guys' house from sleepover and I got the key, the first thing I went to hear was like, I heard, I heard those dogs and I was like, oh, they're going to be barking all the fucking time. 
I was like, they have fucking dogs. I was like, no, this is probably a good thing, because then it means that, like, I'm not going to get in trouble with him. Yeah, no. I met them. They're really nice. She, like, goes out for smokes. I, like, leave the door open for her. I'm like, I have this rapport, because both our dogs are going to be keeping everyone up, so we have to stick together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have to it's, stick together. It's that apartment, the one that's done yeah. by this, the, this one. This one's Kyle. His actual name's Kyle, because like, we always have the same boxes. So I know him. She has a lot of kids, too. They have, like, kids and bikes and stuff, so I'm like, that's fine. They're the ones who call them Cinnamon Tail. Um, they're, like, the gang of kids, so we all we all know each other. They're really nice. At least they're respectful. They, they curse and shit, but, like, if I, like, need help or something, they're really, like, respectful. I'm Aww. like, that's what I want. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know, my dog can fucking... He won't, but he looks like he can fucking bite you. I had a feeling that if you really thought you were in danger, he would attack. That's yeah. how Casey was. My dog, like, mm-hmm. she wouldn't hurt a fly. But if somebody was tickling me, she would, like, lunge, and she actually took a chunk out of my friend's arm one time, and I felt terrible, and they're oh, like... Shit. And I'm like, oh my god, you're gonna make me put her down. They're like, no, I'm not. I'm like... Yeah, my friend Lo, um, we went to Connecticut. Her friend Allison has these like, giant poodles, and one like attacked my arm, and they were really worried about it. I was like, no, I mean, like as long as I don't need stitches and shit, I really should go to the hospital. Got stitches, but I didn't. I was fine. But I was like, I was like, I'm not gonna fucking put the dog down. The dog ended up dying like a year later anyway. It was old. Yeah. Or went after someone else. I can't remember. That dog was loud. It was really aggressive. But I was like, I'm not gonna put down a dog. Like it's not fair. Yeah. I mean, like. And I assume, like, a point in my life, like, I was, like, down the road, I'm gonna probably have a dog, and, like, I'm gonna be in a similar situation, so karma probably says not to do it. Yeah. Ten years later, bam. I'm like, why did I didn't bitch about it? I like how you stop and look at me mid-lick at some point and be like, you don't mind this. <laughs> <laughs> You're cool with this, right? <laughs> You're cool with it. I'm I, sure you are. I mean, my tongue's already on you. I'm sure, sure you're fine right? with this. See? A quick second. Yeah, it stops. I don't understand, like, what you think. You must be really thirsty. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. I've only had ten bowls of water right now. Yeah, with the probiotics and keeping him on, like, small amounts of water. Like, a lot of water, but, like, in little parts. Yeah. He's in really good. Also, no more purine in my house, which is a really nice feeling. I don't have to have that argument anymore. My family's had five dogs. They all want purine. I'm like, I know, but, like, I can't go around telling people. Everyone asks me what food I give my dog. It's, like, the social cancer that I'm, like, I feed my dog purine. Yeah, no. It's, like, a thoughtlessness. Yeah. All right, we're going to try to go forward now, okay, Eric? Now that you get your Yeah, we need you now. to, like, not do it. Eric, go here. Eric. I don't care about that. I just care about the... Now that we got the barking out of the way. True. Everybody's had talks. Alright, ready? Alright, and welcome to All Day Real. I'm Danielle. And I'm Kyle. And today we're actually going to bring you about topics that need more media coverage. Because I actually yes. think that's very important that a lot of people are not really paying attention. We've mentioned... It's probably the memes, but... Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, but the one that we actually want to talk today about is lack of econ- uh, economic opportunity and employment, which is right now, granted though, you guys have to take these numbers as a guess. That's at least how I'm taking them. Um, for the United States alone, which is what we live in, is at a 12.1 ratio of a percentage. Yeah. 
Um, That's also based on people who are actually on unemployment. They usually do that mm -hmm. so that their numbers don't look nearly as bad. But as you can see, it's not really doing much to improve <laughs> uh, how it looks um, for their unemployment, which still looks really bad. And that's true because, um, so I have some numbers here dating back from 2010. And in 2010, we were actually at a 9.63. Oh, wow. And then in 2017, which was only two years ago, but still that's not too bad, we were at a 4.35%. So awesome. Yeah. I so, mean, relatively. But. Yeah. So, I mean, like for a steady two years, though, in 2011, 2012, we were actually sitting at an 8-point average. Yeah. You know, and then in 2013, we dropped to a 7. 2014 is when we hit the 6. And then in 2005, we were actually at 5%. And for in two years, we were actually holding pretty steady at, at the 4-point mark or the 4 percentage. Yeah. So even with our homeless rate still high, we're still at 4%. But like you said, though, that, matter, that number really doesn't even matter because we don't have everybody. It's not all the data. It's only the data that the government has because people have actually been accepted into unemployment. Mm -hmm. Now I count all the people who have tried and all the people outside that who haven't even. Well, not only that, though, too. I mean, look at the SSI and SSD type people, the ones who are doing social, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Social Security. Social Security um, Independence, and then you also have Social Security uh, Disability. So there's really three groups for Social Security as well. You have your normal, um, and then there's one that's SSI, and then you have SSD. Okay. Uh, a lot of veterans get the SSD, which is Social Security Disability. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and if it wasn't for really nice lawyers and people who understand that kind of thing, a lot of people still wouldn't even have their Social Security, actually, at this time. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, with, um, sorry, guys, I kind of lost my actual thought process there I for a second. I blamed it all for looking you the entire time you were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so for actually the USA, certain, in certain areas, it is actually costing a taxpayer over $35,000 for a person to live on the streets. Wow. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know. And that's actually really a lot if you think about it. That is a year of salary for some for somebody. It's crazy. So if you guys think about it, every person that you see on the street is actually costing us almost thirty six thousand because it's actually thirty five, fifty, seventy eight. So that means yeah. it's almost costing us thirty six thousand dollars for one person to be homeless instead of people actually helping them get employed. Yeah, it's crazy. We would probably. When, well, we'd still all be in debt. Let's just be honest here. Like, America would still be in debt, but our numbers probably would be a little better if we could get people to actually help them get a job. I'm not saying help them get a home, but if they at least have a job, that's something to start with. Yeah. Job and an actual ID that works. Yeah. You know, not a, an expired ID, but an ID that is actually in there. And then go forward from that. Yeah. Instead of what we're doing now, which is basically idleness. Yeah. Letting I'm, things just happen. Yeah, because, I mean, like, I... Which causes so many more problems, you know? Mm-hmm. It causes problems. I've watched it here in my suburban, like, town versus the city. Like, you guys, you drive around and everybody has a sign. Yep. Trying to find work or, you know, trying to eat and things like that. And now people are so vigilant about not giving people money because some of them have diseases of alcoholism or drug addicts. Yeah. So now they don't want to hand out that money to help them get there. But if there were places more open to the fact of hiring somebody who's homeless, they would actually be able to get better. Yep. No, I agree. It's kind of weird. It's like you think by not doing anything, 
you're saving yourself money, you're saving yourself problems, you're rationalizing that maybe people don't, um, they don't need it, and it's just only going to hurt. But actually, by doing nothing at all, it just, it's making it even worse. Mm-hmm. Than if you had just supported the opportunity for them to try and um, to get a sustainable income. And two, shelters can actually be really helpful. There's already some that do it, and I give them so many props. They set up mailboxes for the homeless. Really? That's mm-hmm. cool. They set up mailboxes, so that way then, if they're trying to get their SSI or SSD, they have a mailing address. Oh, cool. And they don't have to pay for it, like a regular P.O. box. Mm-hmm. If they're trying to get a job and they have to put down an address, they're allowed to use that mailbox address. It's attached to the shelter. That doesn't mean they're, they have to be in the shelter, but there are a lot of shelters who do that. They put up all these different mailboxes. They get they gather an X amount of their of the homeless and around in their town, and they give them a mailbox so that way then they can better themselves. Yeah. Now, what I was reading, though, is 22% of that that they have are the ones that are actually getting jobs and off the program, and then once they have their own home and everything, their mailbox is released to somebody else. Oh, that's cool. So at least that is taking a step in the right direction. Now, no, I'm not saying give a stranger your mailbox or anything else like that, but what I'm saying out to the shelters is they could be doing something like that to help people get back on their feet. Nobody wants to be homeless. Nobody wants to accept help. But if you're listening and you're out there and you're going, huh, that might actually help our downgrade. Yeah. You're giving them a leg up, not a handout. You're giving them a leg up by doing that. You don't have to give them money or anything like that. And also, too, some shelters now have side rooms that are open 24 hours that people can go in, grab a shower, do their laundry. Yeah. And and get a change of clothes. Yeah, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. So, again, you're not spending money. But it's costing us money to run these programs. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, I think it's based on, like, inner politics Mm -hmm. and what people can justify and what they can sell in terms of, like, oh, well, this is something that makes sense and people will will vote on. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, it's hard also, too, like, to try to get people, like, well, this actually, like, the real truth sometimes is really difficult to to put in front of people. Mm Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, though, is some of these programs that really do work are the ones that are suffering because of the amount of money that has to be put in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their budget's probably is nothing that they need. You know, it's mm-hmm. nothing like the requirement. Exactly. And, you know, so in rev- like in just retrospect, though, of that, though, there are a lot of things that we can do to bring up opportunity and employment for people. Yeah. And all they need is, they don't want to hand out. I've never actually had anybody actually say I need a hand out. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just need that hand up. Yep. And need a little bit of push, a little assistance. Uh-huh. Get the ball rolling again. And like I said, these mailbox ideas are phenomenal. Because they get a key, too. Like, they get their own little key. Cool. They can go in anytime and check their mailbox. Again, though, a lot of them have been able to get employment. A lot of them have then been able to save up and get their own place and then continue to only move forward. Yeah. You know. Because some people still say, well, you're homeless. And it's like, you know, just because they're homeless doesn't mean they can't work. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're completely done. They're destitute. It means that they need that, that 
like you said, that leg up to to push them up and and get them back onto a normal you know a normal routine. Mm hmm. And the other thing too that people have to understand is just because they're homeless, that doesn't mean that they did something wrong to become homeless. Oh yeah, absolutely. It has nothing to do with that. You don't know what their circumstances, and you don't know that's necessarily because of drugs. You don't know that's necessarily because of a criminal mm-hmm. activity. Like it's, it has nothing. You know, it's it's that perception, and it might be um, a big. Uh, a certain percentage of it mm-hmm. that make this that just makes us seem like all right. It's just easier just to assume everyone's like that, but that's not. That's never the case with people. No, some people actually become in that situation because the family member died. The medical bill, medical bills became too high. They're yep. trying to save everything. They take out too many loans. Now they're done. Mm-hmm. Financially done. Yeah. <clears throat> it can be just as easy as that. It's not. It's never always just because they were meant to be in the situation or because they were lazy or mm-hmm. they were taking drugs. It's never. It's never as um as easy as it looks. Absolutely not. And some people, you guys have to remember that too. You can't just assume. You know, it's one of those. It's the old saying: "Don't judge a book by by its cover." Mm-hmm. Like you just can't. <clears throat> um, I've had a family member that was homeless, trying to get back on their feet. Now, luckily, they are. But I mean, like it was a year of struggle. Yeah. You know, and as much as I wanted to do what I, I did, what I could. But I couldn't, like, give them a home because of my own personal situation at the time. Yeah. You know, but I made sure at least so they were fed and things like that. And then they were able to get into a program, which then led them into the VA, which then led them to get their SSI, which then led them to get into a better position in life. Yeah, that's great. So that one year, yeah, that one year of not knowing, Mm -hmm. you know, was rough. And then... Going forward, even from that, though, like, knowing my family member was out there, I didn't know if they had a bed that night. You know? And you have to imagine what the families are going through, too. Like, if they don't know that that person's homeless. Yeah. You know, you just don't know where they are. That's scary, too, for the family. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, especially if they were, like, a significant member of the household. Like, mm-hmm. what is that? How does that impact the rest of the family? Or your relatives? Like, yeah. not knowing where you are. Um, just even, I think it was just in 2000, I want to say like close to 2009, 2010 or something like that. The things about, um, the football players with concussions and then just randomly passing away because like the concussions from the head injuries too, that put money strains on the families because now they can't do their, um, they're not going to be able to do their commercials doing their endorsements. Their endorsements, yeah. You know. They're not doing the endorsements. They're not getting the money that they need. And then the family right there is put in jeopardy and a couple of them struggle. There's a lot of struggle out there. You know, you have to think about that too of our sports teams. Like they're putting so, not just the physical damage on them, but it can also become a mental deterrence. Yeah. You know, and it's the same with our, our veterans and things like that. So when you guys are sitting out there and you're like, well, there's more opportunity yeah, there's more opportunity for the average Joe. There's not the ones that actually need the help that can have that opportunity yeah. because they are not in a place that they can be. Yeah, they don't have the leverage because of simple basic needs that we take for granted mm-hmm. that they that have been stripped away from them by one life circumstance or another. Yeah, it's so weird, like how many things we actually have that can put us in the position of a job that we take for granted, mm-hmm. and realizing oh, like back to square one, like a lot of people especially um, unemployed and homeless are going through, like, it's really hard to make themselves a viable candidate for employment mm-hmm. with their options. Especially if you don't have a mailbox, if you don't have a place to live. Like, these are all things on, like, an application that, like, are just 
to not have them on there is is a red flag for employers and they don't want you even with those basic things and we just sometimes we're like oh well everyone has them and it's like you'd be surprised yeah i think we're up to almost i think like country wise i think we're at a 22 or 32 percent homelessness wow now granted though these are the people that though are found yeah as homeless. These Doesn't aren't the ones that are under the radar and not being found mm-hmm. and have to keep moving night to night or whatever. Like, Because oh, yeah. a lot of people actually take names. It's the whole U.S. Census thing. Yep. We have a lot of undocumented citizens because we can't find them because they're homeless. Yeah. That's a huge, that's a huge number. Uh-huh. That probably isn't even, even recorded. Yeah, I mean, think about it. I think we're up to like 3.8 billion worldwide. You knock that down by country, you know, maybe we're at the, like, two-something, and then, you know, it's just a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. To take. And then, you know, because every state does a census. Every single state does a census. I actually, uh, when I did my ancestry, I actually found my great-great-grandfathers on a census piece of paper. They used to go house to house, and he had to sign everybody in the household. Oh, wow. (laughs) So that way then they could figure out how many people were in that area and then into the state and then into your country. Yeah. They don't do that anymore. <laughs> no, they do not. They just take a guess. They they look at hospital records and they just guess. I remember even when we were in college, it was really obnoxious that they came around. Because I was in college, what, like 2008? So I think in 2009 was when that census was. So they were like coming around to our places. Like, oh, it's the census people. But, you know, how hard was it to get us, you know, who were in dorms? To go out and sign that, so I can't believe the margin of error on the recordings. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, um, and then on top of that too, though, like not just census is wise though. I mean, like this is actually putting a big toll on jobs because yeah, it might look like we have more job opportunity, but if everybody actually had a job, would there that opportunity still be there? Yeah, that's something you gotta consider. So, I mean, like, in reality, though, even though we're at an ultimate low right now on unemployment and things like that. I thought we were at 12, though. Well, in the country wise, we're at the 12.1. Okay. Because that seems high. Mm hmm. It is high, but we're at a consecutive, though, versus both, out of both, like, Canada's greater degree in the United States, owing to the strong economy. But the number of people uh. out of work is at a 4%, uh, which okay. means we have a 12.1% of people getting jobs. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. So that's 12 on, but if you think about it, though, if everybody actually started getting actual jobs and everybody wasn't nitpicky mm-hmm. on the standards, yeah, that 12.1 would be super low. Yeah. We'd have more issues of people finding actual jobs in our country than having to go X out of the country. That's true, too. Because look at all the work visas that are being put over in India and other countries that we're losing jobs still. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and people are just... And it's not a bad thing. I mean, people be more, like, selective in particular of what they want to do. That's great. But it does have a... Definitely has a social impact. Mm-hmm. And definitely a financial one on our country. Can't help but laugh at you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to keep our dog at bay. Just keep the dog at bay. He's doing well. Yes, he is. And we're barking right now. Are you on the unemployment list? Are you on the unemployment list? <laughs> He's like, I am the 12.1%. <laughs> yes, I am. And I'm nitpicky about my job. 
And he will literally. He'll be a certified cash potato. That's what he wants. Yes, he does. Google isn't hiring. No, they're not. But see, that's the other thing, too. I don't know if anybody's been watching this, but now you can get social security or social disability or whatever because you're addicted to video games. Now you can't work. Is that a thing? It is a thing. It's an actual thing. So thanks to that, this number is only going to get higher. Yeah. Wow. Because that means that I love video gaming. Does that mean that I can go and get my disability cut and yeah. just play video games all day. Granted, wow. my kids would never be taken care of. But at least I'd have an income and not just be a stay-at-home mom that's not being paid. Back in the day, though, stay-at-home moms did used to get paid. By whom? The government? or mm-hmm. Really? Huh. It used to be looked at as a job. Yeah. It wasn't Which, a lot of money, but it was a job. But it's actually a job. <laughs> and then they take that away. Yeah. I think, though, that was a deal toward the women's movement. I'm just saying. Yeah. You want equality? Fine, then. We're not going to pay you to stay at home because now you're saying you can get a job. Yep. Which I get. But some people need to understand, though, too, that doesn't always work with a family. If I were to work, my check would be going to my kid's daycare. Mm, Yeah. Until they're in school. Yeah. And some want that, like, uh... $1,200 $1,200 down for tuition, and then it's almost three dollars to $500 a week, and then you consider that I'm spending way more in childcare than I am sitting at home and taking care of my kids. Yep. It's true. You know, does it put a lot on your partner? Absolutely. I've never, ever told my husband, no, you know, I don't appreciate you for working so I can stay home and take care of our kids, so I don't have to work to save us money. No, I've never done that. But, you know, some people go, oh, you're a stay-at-home mom. That doesn't mean I can't work. Obviously, I have my own company outside of this yep. and things like that. Like, I make myself a parent. I make sure I can get an income. I'm just not able to right now do the 9 to 5 job. Yeah. Or the retail shifts where some days you're working 5 to midnight or you're working 6 to 2. Like, yeah. I, that does not work in my schedule. But like you said, you still have your own job, and that's because that's something that you can make that's flexible. Mm-hmm. Because really, I mean, at being who you are as a mom, like, your schedule is really your kid's schedule. Mm-hmm. Their schedule is your schedule. Absolutely. So you can't you can't get a job where it's shifts like that. Yeah. If I could, if I honestly right now could, I could work, my job would have to be nine thirty to two thirty. Because yeah, I need to be able to get home to get my kids off the bus. Yeah. And I can't leave until my kids get to school. Yeah. So that's a nine thirty to two thirty. Yeah. Nobody has that shift. Yeah. It's either that doesn't exist. Yeah, it's either eight to four or. Nine to three or whatever or yeah. eight to three nine to four, that's what I meant. Um, you know, and then I would have to change it when my kids get into middle school because now it has to be an earlier shift so I can get home earlier because they're home by two thirty. Yeah. And then when they get into high school, they're home by one thirty. So there is no job that actually goes with the school statistics. High school, they get home at one thirty. Yeah, one thirty or two. Yeah. That's insane. That's so early. My son doesn't get out at like. My elementary starts releasing at 3.30. Middle schoolers, I think, are home by... Okay, so middle... So it'd be 2.30 then. I'm sorry, 2.30 is high school. That's crazy, though. It seems um, so early. 3 o'clock is when my middle schoolers... Like, I see middle schoolers coming home. And then my son gets out of school at 3.30. He's at his... Um, oh, it's for, like, traffic control. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, all the buses are used by the same schools. Oh, okay. Yeah. So everybody has to get there, and then they go to the nearest location that they can get to. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. So anybody who does Pendale or Penfield, they're going between Oak Park, A.M. Culp, and Hatfield. Oh, okay. Um, if they're in the Penbrook district, then they're doing the other schools up there. Because mm-hmm. Montgomery County is a very huge area. So we yeah. have uh, four or five 
<laughs> it's your turn to throw the ball. <laughs> it is my turn to throw the ball. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, so we're kind of stuck with that. But I've literally watched the kids get on the bus and leave the building at 3.30 because it's right directly across the street. And then he makes it to his after-school program by 4 o'clock. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's such an early time for them to get out. But, yeah, it's because they're all using the same buses. Your turn. So, yeah. Um, you know, and it, it's, like, by a half hour. But I think even in high school, like, I was getting out by 2 and home by 2.30. Wow. So, that means then middle school's getting out by, like, 2.45, getting on the bus and everything else by 3-something. Yeah, but elementary school is, like, kids don't get home till like, 4. Yeah, but like we were saying, like, that's your schedule. Mm-hmm. Is all that. You could literally only have, like, a five-hour shift. Yeah. Without the daycare. Yep. Cause, crazy. And, but see, with my youngest, though, he's still in his actual special classroom, which is three hours a day. So, in reality, I need a job from 12.30 to 2.30. <laughs> yeah. Let me know if I can get a job for, like, literally three yeah. hours. The, that three-hour gap right there. You pull there. up, then you have to go home. Yeah. <laughs> I pull up, I walk in, I put on my outfit, I clock in, I stand around, use the bathroom, and leave. <laughs> can I get paid $4 an hour for that, please? Because I'll only take four. I dropped that. You're going to have to get that now. It, no, literally went there. He's not paying attention. So, yeah, I mean, and a lot of moms, like, during those three hours, I'm grocery shopping. I'm doing my weekly thing. I got to get, you know, what I need done for the whole week in those three hours a day. Yeah. That is a very limited window of time. <laughs> Especially so since limited. 90% of it, I'm sitting on Cowpath, yep. stuck in traffic. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's that, too. And a lot of people, you know, what people don't understand when you're a stay-at-home parent, you're not just a parent. You are the therapist, the nurse, the maid, the housekeeper, the chef, mm-hmm. the, you know, the everything. Maintenance, sanitation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I work laundry at least five times a week. I mean, I don't know. Wow. And that's because, too, my daughter keeps changing her outfit five times a day. Like, she just needs to make sure that it's always pristine. She goes outside, she makes dirt, she changes her clothes. I'm like, really, kid? <laughs> just went through five outfits. So, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, so there's just, there's a lot of opportunities out there. But at the same time, though, it's not, it's not conducive to a lot of people either. Yeah. It's not as accessible as we, as we'd want. Mm-hmm. And as long as we don't try to help it as our own communities, try to find ways to help these issues, like, we're just going to keep going in the roller coaster. Yep. It's kind of what you said the other day, too. Like, it's just going to be that rigmarole of a revolving door. Yep. It's going to be a cycle that never ends. It's mm-hmm. just going to repeat itself. And sometimes it just seems easier just to avoid the problem, but, like, it doesn't get rid of it. It's going to come back. It's going to eventually affect you. So it's either you stop it before it gets detrimental and evolved. Or, you know, otherwise we just, you're doomed to repeat it. Mm-hmm. And it just gets worse on you. Yeah. And it still affects you even when you didn't even want it to impact you. And that's why you neglected it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <clears throat> and then, you know, people can go, oh, I wish the country was better. Well... The country overall is looking better. We're yep. looking better. Mm-hmm. 
But we're never going to be better until more of us as a community can actually step in and actually help. Yeah. We have to be able to step in and help. We cannot rely everything on our government. They're, it's just not going to happen. We can't leave the government up to do everything for us. Yeah. You know? Even though I do, I'm starting to think, though, the way that they're promoting rules, then they should start paying for some car insurances and house insurances and things like that, since, you know, they want to put rules on that. I just think the health insurance thing needs to be, there needs to be something done with that. Oh, absolutely. But if they're also going to put rules on your car and what you can and can't do inside of it, then you need to pay my insurance. Yep. Now they want to start charging um, Pennsylvanians for eating in their eating in their cars if you're caught eating, like you're going to get a fine. Okay, fine. Then you need to start paying for my insurance because yeah. I have to go to work and I have to eat at some point. Yeah. I can't pull over and eat because I might be stuck now in traffic for three hours and now I'm also, late. Also, what do you do about truck drivers? Yeah. Like they're on the road the entire time. Hmm. Are you going to tell me then you're going to find them and then you're not going to get your supplies? Yeah. Are you going to tell our militarians that they can't drive on base with food while they're prepping and inspecting their equipment to protect our front lines? Mm -hmm. Like, come on. So, yeah, I'm starting to think in my head that they need to start paying also for our car insurance. That seems all too invasive for me. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I think that was actually on the news like two weeks ago, too. That was like on the news two weeks ago that they announced that, that this bill or something is going to yeah, be implemented that sounds ridiculous that's what that's way too much of an obstruction of like wait life. lifestyle yeah that's like insane i was like this isn't like i was like this is not the country that i think should be implementing something like that no so we're not gonna make sure and know like what you do in your car down to a t or wherever you are that's just really weird yeah that's what i'm saying though if you're really gonna do that then you can start paying my car insurance yep um because right there, then, that's a lack of, uh, that's actually a lack of opportunity to start paying off the debt in our economy. Yeah. We pay the government to pay for our car insurance. You know? But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that you guys can do, we can do. I mean, there's just things like that. But in reality, too, there's a lot of kids out there that want to work for the community. Uh, if you find your local Boy Scout troop and things like that, like you can actually be able to help out with that. You know, spread out some ideas to help your homeless not become homeless anymore. Yeah. Get them being a productive member of society again. Mm-hmm. And most of them want to be. Most of oh. them don't have that opportunity. And you know what, too? I was even thinking about it, and I'm pretty sure you've seen it, too, with all the school shootings as well. You give three veterans the right to sit in front of a school with a gun, they're going to be happier to protect our kids and walk the streets with a sign. Yep. We have so many veterans, mil- military veterans anyway, that are completely without a job and need a job, and they would be more than happy to sit at a school in a doorway with a gun Making sure nobody comes in and hurts them and inspect kids and make sure that every child is actually safe. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's kind of weird. Like, we, we see the need for certain things and, like, we don't even consider, like, oh, well, what if you were to employ these people um, who are looking for work? Who You know, it's like, and you, really, it's like working in general is, is solving a problem. Like, that's how we get money. That's how we, we create commerce. And it's like, it's kind of weird that you see these people who, you know, want to get better, you know, don't have the certain um, prerequisites 
to advance forward. And it's like, but you also have these needs. You also have these problems. You have um, school shootings and all that. And it's like, like Danielle said, it's like, you know, these are people that are willing and able to do it. They have the experience. You know, they're looking for work. It's like, this is, it almost seems like insane that we're not even doing anything about it. It's putting two and two together. Mm-hmm. So. Because on crazy. top of that, too, with the lack of education that's happening, they're shutting down schools because the econ- the economics is not there, but now we have to worry about safety. Yeah. <coughs> we have too many schools that are overcrowded and too many people out of work that would be, ha- be happy to help with that situation. Yeah. So I 100% agree with the something that needs to be done. Um, just today, one of our local schools were shut down for a gun threat. Mm. I'm sorry, if I was in school and I saw somebody dressed in their old military outfit, I'd be thinking twice about doing anything stupid. Yeah. <coughs> and that's just, that's really how I feel about it. Yeah. If you have that, I'm going to say, it's like, it's like putting two and two together. <coughs> like, you have a problem, and you have a solution right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's what people need to start thinking. What is an action we can do to help resolve a consequence? And that's really what it is. You know, and yeah, I'm not saying just don't throw any veteran up there. You know, make sure that they have the proper trainings of their PTSD is in check and things like that. But yeah. I know for a fact that 90% of them would rather be able to help our children. Than be on the street. Than be on the street. Which is just a crazy thing, too. Like, people serving our country have to be, you know, once they're back, have to you know, be on the street and stuff. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure it might be an element of that is like readjusting back to here, which I couldn't even imagine. But, you know, I think a part of that too is that there's the opportunities are just not there either. They're not. And I've been working with the VA with my dad's health and things like that. And even that sometimes is pulling teeth. Yeah. You know, you have to make sure all these tests are done so that they, so that way then if they are 100% disabled mentally or physically, they can get their disability. Yeah, exactly. And you're literally sitting there and you're fighting to get that for them. Yeah. You know, and you have to make sure the doctors are listening. You know, there are some out there that, and I know, I know, they're not listening. They don't want to hear it. They just want you to do X, Y, and Z. And sometimes you can't make your patient do that. My dad can't do certain things that they want him to do. Yeah. You know, I just had a blowout fight over his medication a while ago because one was making him sick and they didn't want to hear it. They just wanted him to take the meds. You know, but he can't work. He cannot physically work. It's yeah. not there. That's insane. But luckily he got his SSI. Or SSD, I'm sorry, it's SSD. So luckily he got his SSD. So, but there's other ones who can't even get that. They are still in the system struggling. Now, if you're lucky and you get them at least on Vet Choice, which is their medical, um, they get free services for a while. So that way, then at least they're not blowing their money and they're getting the help they need that, which probably would help them get their SSD or SSI. Yeah. But you have to really, really think about what is best for them. And even having people go out there, if you're, you know, if you're a scout and you're looking for an Eagle, Eagle project or something like that, um, and trying to help actual community and lower some cost rates and things like that too, you know, look into that. Look into seeing if you can help survey some of these veterans on what they really want or yeah. what they actually need. A lot of kids are now doing, um, finding plots of land in their area getting the township to release it to them not even pay for it getting the township to release them and build small homes oh wow um one did it out in the midwest and i think they called it freedom way mm. and 
they're small homes. It has a bedroom, a kitchen, and a living room. Oh, wow. Bedroom, kitchen, living room, and I'm sorry, and a bathroom with a shower. And they are all on a row. It's like a huge little itty-bitty owned town and all these small homes, and they were given to vets. Wow, that's great. And now they're off the street. Yeah. They have a home. I'd love to see more of that. Mm-hmm. We have plenty of land around here. Mm-hmm. And so what are we doing? We're building six floors of apartment buildings and junking it up when we could actually really be using it for good. Yeah. And that's just my belief. Yes, I do understand that real estate needs to change, and I do understand that we need to expand, but are we really expanding for the right reason? Yep. Nobody needs another huge apartment building, especially around in our area. Well, also, too, if you use that, like we said, to invest in them, that's a huge boost to the economy. Mm-hmm. That's one more person paying bills. That's one more person giving giving back money, supporting biz- local businesses. Like, you're missing out on that whole investment. Yep. Like, when you think about money, money really is just exchanging numbers between people. That's all it is. And, like, if you stop that, like, that's why the crashes are so bad because it's when, you know, stock prices drop, makes people scared, and then no one spends. And that's what kills it. Oh, yeah. Is when everyone stops spending. That's, like, the worst thing. Because that's all it is. It's just continuing the exchange. But having the veterans off the street, and sure, you have to invest in getting them housing, but, like, you set them up with the ability to, for years and years giving back mm-hmm. you know paying for things you know participating in the economy like it seems almost stupid like when you think about it from an accountant standpoint that they're not we're not implementing more things like that and like we said too it's like no one wants to give out a handout no. like and no one you know it's and that's not what i'm saying that's not what you're saying it's just like investing in people to help stimulate things mm-hmm. you know it's it's never a bad thing it is what will keep us moving forward Yeah. As opposed to, you know, trying to find these, I know it's usually like private things, like private investments and real estate and stuff like that, but like, this is something that would be totally changing of townships. Mm -hmm. Could totally change the landscape of our societies and make them better. Absolutely. And you know what, too, though, let's say that person, like, gets that house and then they get their SSI or SSD and then they're able to find a bigger place that like let's say their kids are out in the Midwest they're just stuck here because they have no money to go out to them their kids can't pay for them to go out there then they go out there to where their family is because they're financially set and now somebody else gets that home that may need it like it can also be used that way it doesn't need Mm. to be a permanent thing you know a lot of our VA hospitals have these programs but they're only a year they have one year. That's no time. <laughs> to start their medical, at like least start getting the history of their medical, then to start their um, actual, like, filing of getting their SSD or whatever and getting a lawyer and getting, like, the starting points. That doesn't seem like any time at all. <laughs> and you have to think about it. Most disability places, most of the Social Security offices won't look for anything over, like, if in three months. You have to have at least six to seven months of right. history. Mm-hmm. So now you just took six to seven months of history, and now you have five left, not even, mm-hmm. till the end of the year when your program's over. Yeah. It's like no time. So if you start in May of 2016, you have to be out in April of 2017. Yeah. Because you have to be out before the first of the 12th month. And we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> Let him get out as talking. Is that a babushka? Who is that? It sounds like a babushka's out there, though. 
Där borska sitter på borska. Oh, yeah. This one and then maybe you and I can um just start thinking of ways to build for Monday nights. Yeah, that'd be fucking cool. Alright, let's do that then. Okay. At least then we have two done. And then if you're free another night tonight, we can do the other two. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, like this guy said he was getting back out of five. It's 512. I haven't heard anything, so. And honestly, he's going to hit me up and be like, well, I still have to drive like an hour. And it will be, it won't be 40 minutes because I have to go on 76. Yeah. So that's going to be like. And that's why I go to the fire because the fire, like, I literally get there like 10 minutes before open mic starts. Because it's either that or I go at a good time and then I'm stuck in traffic. Yeah. Or I can fly down at 70 miles an hour if I just go there and I get there like 10 minutes before 9 o'clock, which is pretty awesome. Also, I'm going to be there till 3 in the morning. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. I was like, I will show up five minutes before it starts. No. I just hate that. I just hate fucking, like, I would love, if I could get this worked out with Ryan, like. I'm All we like, have to do is brainstorm, and then, literally, it's just brainstorming, like, you and I can really start themes up. Yep. Pick a Monday and let's do it. Yeah. And get rid of this fucking yoga yeah. shit. Because I'm assuming that's what Ryan wants to do, he wants to get rid of yoga. It sounds like he just wants to put it, he, he probably can't get rid of it, he can put it once a month. Yeah. Which is whatever. Yeah, because he's lo they're losing money. Yeah. They don't drink. Yeah, I, I need to see if we are the solution to that, though. But we can be if yeah. we do theme Mondays. Okay. So we can finish this up. The word, okay. Yeah, so let's finish up this second topic. Cool. We'll take a break from the last two because we've done a lot already. And we'll do a quick review of the drink. Yes. And then... That's it. Like, then we can just start coming up with ideas and themes and knock a bunch of shit out. I'll go get Matt, take him home, stop in at home, and then I can come back. And we can finish out, like, theming some nights out, and then we'll get out the word. Okay. I think he just had a yawn. He's just breathing in shit. Yeah. I live back in this carpet, like, six hours ago. <laughs> it's already got fluff on. That's also my fault. I'm, like, picking him, but... Yeah, he's having fun. He's, he's actually... Look at him. Look how relaxed he is. Mm -hmm. Alright, so yeah. Um, and welcome back, and thanks for your patience. Um, so yeah, I guess really what we're trying to say is if you're really about your community or you're trying to figure out ways to help your community, also go to your township meetings. Yeah. Seriously, because then you can work with your township and create solutions that aren't really saying that the home... Like, I know a lot of people say, well, the homelessness people are a hindrance. But if you look at it at a bigger side, like, I guess a bigger view, yeah. you can sit there and be a solution. You just have to also attend those meetings, yep. which are a pain. Yeah, but I mean, it's one of those things, like, about being part of a township. Like, if you want the township to work for you, you gotta be, you gotta be a voice in it. Mm -hmm. You have to really express um, what you think needs to change in the town and how we can be better about Because they can only do what people tell them to do. Otherwise, they're left to their own devices. And usually, what your own devices is, is... What's happened in the past? What's tried and true? So to move forward, you gotta be a voice in your town. You gotta be a voice in your community, and tell them that this is that there are ways we can do this. Even if you don't have the solution, at least bringing the problem to light sometimes is the first step. Mm -hmm. And like with Kyle and I, we're actually really, really lucky. We can technically attend too. Mm -hmm. um, we get to attend the one that we actually live in, which is Hatfield in Pennsylvania. Yeah. But we work in Lansdale a lot, and they have theirs too. So technically, we can actually attend both. Can we attend that one? Yes, we can. Yeah. Because it it may affect your job. Oh yeah. 
um, with all the events that they're trying to plan. So technically, yes, you can. So if you work in one area and you live in another, you can actually technically attend both. Oh, wow. Because in Lansdale... You are, we're close where our job is versus where our big, uh, we have man on Main Street, which, uh, serves the homeless. It's also attached to the YMCA and things like that. Um, but what can happen is, is that you, uh, like if there's a lot of homeless around your job or stuff like that, and it's affecting people coming in and out, you can attend those meetings to help fluctuate that type of service to make oh, sure wow. that they're not around your, your place of employment. Yeah. Really. So, I mean, look that up, too. I know Hatfield has one coming up soon for us um, at some point coming up. And uh, I think it's actually Friday, Friday 1 to 3 at the right. township building right up the street from you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's that. And then, you know, also just keep your eyes out. Make Facebook great. Uh, make your Facebook groups with your community. If you don't already have one, have one. Keep it up to date. Keep up what's going on. If you have people who do attend those meetings, have them also be a part of one of your admins, so that way then they can keep the local informed who can't be there. Yeah, that's great. Um, List, also, if you're going to start those groups, I know some have done this and it's been phenomenal. They've been able to cite some of our councilmen's emails. So they're still informed about the meetings, and then if they have an idea, they can actually send an email to those councilmen. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, so just keep an eye out for that. Um... Find ways, like I said, if it's becoming a nuisance for you, like, you know, there are solutions out there and try to push for them. Push for the change. Yeah. Because if we push for the change, our communities are better. Our kids are safer. Mm-hmm. We are safer as a community as well. Um, and like I said, don't touch don't judge the book by, you know, its cover. Just really think about things and try to do something different. Yeah. It sounds cliche, but literally be the change you mm-hmm. want to see. You know, think of the brave movement that was going on in our area a while ago um, with the bullying, and that's actually helped a lot, too, in kids mm. and bullying. Now, I'm not saying that is not gone. My son has already been a victim of bullying. But in certain schools, though, those kids made the change, and those schools are the ones that are making an actual effort yeah. and of the positivity. So if our kids can do it, we can do it. And that's your food for thought, and I hope you guys have a great night. Bye, guys. Did you talk about the string? Yeah, did we'll, Oh yeah, so let me turn off. Yeah, turn off and then we'll chop that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> did not position that well. I regret that. That was my fault, because um, I was trying to figure out how to make it work. Who's a cool puppy? Who lets daddy torment him? Say me.